Welcome all to Kingdom Life Church VA Podcast. At KO, we endeavor to advance God's kingdom one life at a time. So, I pray that wherever you're listening from, that this will help you be encouraged. Here is this week's message. Uh, audience as well, YouTube, amen, uh, Facebook, and those that be listening by podcast uh, later, praise God. Uh, again, we're starting part two of Where There's No Vision on this morning, and uh, as I was thinking about uh, last week's teaching and thinking about what God wanted to say this week, um, this, this thought came to my mind that, because um, I looked at the scriptures, do you understand that sin will rob you of your vision? Sin, I had this thought, sin will rob you of the vision that God has for you. Sin will rob you of the vision that God has for you. And what it does is because it robs your confidence. They talked about it this morning. It robs your confidence in God. It takes away your confidence. It steals your confidence. And so you see, you don't see God as the way maker, the promise keeper, the one who can fix it and do it because you are looking through your lenses of what you're dealing with. And so God wants to, God want to get us to a place where we're, where, where we're saying it like it is. We're seeing it like it is. Amen. You know, and we're walking in what he has for us. We're trusting him in this process. We're trusting him in this season that we're in. We don't always know, you know, the outcome. I mean, we got the word of God and, and we're confessing the word of God and we're thanking God for, for certain things that we're aware of. But we don't always know the outcome. You know, man plans his way, but the Lord directs his path. Right. It's Proverbs 19, 21. That's what the, God, God knows when to call an audible in our life. But we have to be open, amen, to his plans or his vision. We can make a vision, but then we have to be open to God calling the audible or God changing, amen, something mid-course. Can you turn around even though you wanted to go in that direction? The flesh has to die in order to, to receive the things that God has for you. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. I, I am convinced that, that, that we're walking and standing in, you know, the blessing of the Lord because of our obedience to God. We, we look in the scripture and we can see what disobedience will hinder the destiny and the will of God for your life. It just slows it down. Can't stop it, but it slows it down. And how many of us know we don't have a whole lot of time? <laughs> we, don't look, we don't have a whole lot of time, y'all. We don't have a whole lot of time. Amen? Yeah, so sin will rob you of a, your kingdom assignment and vision that God has for you. My objective in this teaching Again, it's to bring you to a place where you understand your future is in your hands. But you must see life through the word of God, through the eyes of the word of God. Amen. Amen. Vision, again, is the capacity to create a compelling picture when, you know, you have to see things that you don't see. When you're visualizing and when God is giving you something or showing you something, you have to be able to see it even when others don't see it. That's what happened when we started the ministry over uh, 10 years ago. Um, we have to be able to walk this thing out because we're seeing down the road and we're seeing further than, than sometimes others are seeing. 
You know, God gives vision to visionaries. And so when you have to be able to see further than what the eye can see. It's only so far that I can see anyway, right? <laughs> Amen. But you can see further through the word of God and trust God. It's how, it's how airplanes or the palace, how they, you know, they trust the GPS. They trust, you know, something that they can't see. So, so you can't just depend on eyesight when you're trusting God. Amen. So vision is the capacity to create a compelling picture of a desired state of affairs. Let's look at Proverbs, Proverbs 29 and 18. This is our foundational scripture that we're using uh, for this for this series. Where there is no vision, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I said on last week, you know, we should have a vision in our home. We should have a vision like we have a vision for the church. This is the church family. This, this, this is the church's vision. And, and one thing about the church's vision is that all of us can get involved in the church's vision. The vision that God has for the church. Amen. Everybody can get involved. Now, everybody can't necessarily get involved in your personal vision. Why? Because that involves your home. That involves your life. Amen. That, is, that may involve your family, a few folk maybe, but in the church, with the church's vision, anybody can get involved as they connect with Jesus and connect with the local ministry. They can get involved with the vision. Amen. Amen. So it's not to, to hinder or, or distract you from anything that you're doing personally, but you must understand a, where to set the vision of the church as, as far as priority. Are you hearing me? Let me say it one more time. You must, you must be able to, to put the, the church's vision at a priority level, amen, so you understand where it's going. It's a high priority. I would say it's a high priority. Why? Because it's a kingdom assignment. Your vision may not lead to souls, but the vision here leads to souls. Nothing wrong with it. That's your vision. That's why I'm saying that's why all of us can collectively get involved with the vision of the church. Why? Because it leads to God's assignment. It leads to advancing the kingdom of God, the one life at a time. That's the vision of the church here. Amen? Your vision may be to produce X, Y, and Z. And that's fine. Praise God. Glory to God. We pray it happen. But it may not have anything to do with souls as it relates to the vision or the mission. But at the end result, if you sow into the kingdom, amen, then you benefit from the souls because whatever you make happen for others, God will make it happen for you. But if you're paying so much attention to what you're doing and not paying attention to what the kingdom is doing, I'll let you finish that and figure out what the end of that will be. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. When people don't know where they're going, when people don't have an assignment, they have a vision, they don't know what to do. But he that keep the law, happy is he. We said last week, people run wild. They cast off restraints when there is no vision. They don't know what to do. When you don't have a vision, everybody is doing their own thing. Are you hearing me? Not so at kingdom life. Listen, not so in your home, not so in your personal life. You must have a vision to keep yourself on track. To keep yourself accountable. Amen? Otherwise, people are going to perish. And like I said on last week, vision delivers people from perishing predicaments. 
we would have been perishing. We didn't know what to do. I mean, some of your marriages would be drowned in Paris today had you not connected to the vision. Where would you be if you hadn't connected to the vision? Some of you may have not realized yet the importance of connecting to a vision. Because of the things that God has done. God has given you those ideas. God has given you those instructions. God has given you that wisdom. God has given you that insight. It all goes back to God. Now, are we going to give him glory or not? Vision is a mental picture of a desired future. Listen, and seeing beyond where you are. Seeing beyond where you are. You have to see yourself. You may be somewhere today, but you have to see yourself at a different place. Be able to see it before you see it. The woman with the issue of blood, she saw herself delivered. She said, if I could get to Jesus, that was her vision. That was her goal. That was her plan. I don't care if I die trying to get to him. If I, if I get to him, I know I'm going to be okay. She had it in her heart. It was instilled in her, and it moved her to action. And she moved through a crowd. Amen. At a, at a time where she could have been killed. But because of the vision, because of her faith, because of her trust, because of her pursuit of Jesus, she went on and did it anyway. And, and listen, and got blessed as a result. Amen. So you got to see beyond where you are right now, because if you look at your life and you look at what's around you, you look at society, you look at all, you know, there's a lot of reasons to cry and, and woe is me and popo me and all this stuff. You know, it, it, there's so many reasons to do that. But if you keep your eyes on the word of God, you always have hope. You always have hope for your future if you keep your eyes on the word of God, because nothing gives you more news that is good than the Bible. <laughs> you know, the news only reports on what has happened. The good news reports on what has happened. So we get to look at the good news to tell us what's already so. Amen? And if we look at it long enough and trust it, it will build us up and it will keep us strong even when it looks like we should be weak. Amen? Look, dreamers. Have you ever done a dream board? Yes. You know, yes. I know there are some dreamers. I mean, but, but if you've done a dream board, dreamers dream about things they can do. Dreamers, you know, they, 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 you know they're, they're, they're writing, they're cutting out pictures and cars and, and diamond rings and <laughs> all types of things. Creating a dream board because these are some of the things I want to do in life or this is, you know, again, you're seeing beyond where you are right now. That's what that dream board does. That's what a vision board does. It allows you to see beyond where you are right now. When is the last time you just looked, sat down, and just began to ponder and meditate and mutter and just look at your future, just visit your future, amen, while you're in your present, just begin to look ahead at the great things that God has planned for you. You, got, you can visit your future through your imagination. Amen? That's what you're using when you do a dream board. You're using your imagination. So dreamers dream about things being different. And then you have visionaries. Visionaries envision themselves making a difference. 
visionaries envisioned themselves making a difference. The whole purpose I was born was to make a difference. Not, listen, nothing wrong with the big this and the big that and more of this and more of that. But I was born to make a difference. I want to see lives changed. I want to see people healed, delivered, set free. I want the homeless to be housed, glory to God. I want addicts to be healed, glory to God, delivered, praise God. Single parents, amen, connected with the Lord and, and doing good, hallelujah. I want to make a difference, hallelujah. I don't want to just be different. I don't want to just, you know, accomplish a whole lot of things in my own life. I want to make a difference in this society. When I'm gone, you're going to know I was here. <laughs> like, dang, what? Other they like, oh, dang, oh, they gone? Oh, okay. I want to make a difference. I want to leave an impression on the next generation. I gave my life to the Lord. It was for life. Tunnel vision. Didn't know that God called me to pastor. Chasing the Lord with all my heart. Still chasing the Lord with all my heart. Still doing what I did before I got saved. I mean, when I got saved. Still doing what I did before I got all the titles. Deacon, elder, head elder, pastor. Now I'm senior pastor. All these titles. Stuff don't make a, it doesn't make a difference if we're not walking in it. A title alone just puffs up. People looking to be served instead of wanting to be a servant. Every vision from God is designed to make a difference. Every vision from God is designed to make a difference, to make a difference. When you got saved, you got born again, God saved you to make a difference. Because when people see you and they hear your testimony and they know what you've been through, they, they will have hope that, wow, God did it for them. He could do it for me. We're hope dealers now. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, we deal hope now. We deal hope. We don't, we don't, we, you know what I'm saying? We don't deal dope. We deal hope. You understand? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hope, hope dealers. You know what I'm saying? Spreading hope, giving people hope that you're not hopeless. But that's what they think. So many people think they're hopeless. So many people think that they're not going to make it out. That they're, you know what I'm saying? They're not going to make it to the end of the week. I mean, it's so, so many young people are so disturbed in their minds. They're losing hope, and we have the hope. He is our hope. But if we don't share the hope with the world, then they're not going to know. They are not going to know about the hope that we have in the Lord. We must share the hope that we have with people that are lost. Amen? God has given you, you and me, <laughs> an assignment. He didn't just save us to go to heaven. He has given us an assignment. He's given each of us an assignment in the earth. And he redeemed you because you're carrying a vision. You're carrying something on the inside of you that hasn't manifested yet, 
but it's on the inside of you and you're carrying it. You are pregnant with vision. And God wants it to be birthed in the earth. God wants what you are carrying not to be aborted through ignorance, through misunderstandings, through distractions. You're carrying something that's very precious, very precious. You're carrying the life of other people in your bosom. You're carrying the life of those that will come in the future in your bosom. So you have to protect the vision. The, the, you have to protect your pregnancy. You got to make sure that you're eating right. <laughs> Inside of you. Because you're carrying something that's so important. That's so important. Glory to God. Because of the impact that it's going to have in somebody else's life. You have to protect and guard yourself against vision killers. Against people who will encourage you to destroy your child. Glory to God. People who encourage you to abort the mission and the vision and the assignment that God has for you. You must separate yourself from people who will try to get you to abort the mission or abort the assignment that God has for you. Wow. 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 God's vision never contradicts his word. His vision for you, for me, never, ever contradicts his word. Never contradicts his word. Let's look at Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I'll be reading out of the Amplified Version. Uh, this is verse, um, verse 10. Wow. I heard my wife said mention portrait this morning. I'm like, hold on, read my scripture. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, we have become his portrait. A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. I, I believe that at the time of salvation, salvation, that reading right? Yeah. I'm reading it right there? My, I'm reading a little different, huh? I'm reading the Passion. Okay, I gave you the wrong scripture. Let me read the Amplified. Oh, I put it in my notes the wrong one. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above. Wow. We're, we're, we're born again. We're born from above, not, not from the earth. I believe at our salvation that something activates on the inside of us. A divine plan activates once we are reborn from above. Because as long as I was not born again, I was on a different path heading in a different direction. Now, sometimes you may be heading in a similar, uh, similar direction when you're saved, I mean, when you're unsaved, but it's not the same direction. Because God wants to take you somewhere that your unregenerate self wouldn't understand. And so when we are reborn or born from above, something activates. It's like, okay, they, they're born again now. Oh, let's activate the plan of God. 
Let's activate the vision from heaven. Let's begin to connect the dots. I need them to meet this person or next week. I need them to find you know, angels all on assignment. Everybody is working. The people that you can't see, the atmosphere and angels and this whole government that you can't see begins to go to work for you. Heaven begins to go to work for you, begins to get on assignment for you, get helping to get you to your destiny. And so salvation activates the divine plan that God has for us. The very nature of Christ takes up residence in our spirit, causing it to be born again. Wow. Wow. let's, Let's keep reading. Wow. Spiritually, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for God's works, which for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths, look, which he set beforehand, which he set beforehand, which he set so that we will walk in them, living a good life, which he what? Prearranged. He prearranged it beforehand. He said it. He prearranged it. It was beforehand. It was before you. But he made it ready for you, meaning what he had for you was just waiting on you to be born again. What God had for you is just waiting on you to be born again. If you, don't, if you don't think you're in the perfect will of God, make sure you say, first of all. Make sure you are born from above. Born again, meaning you have repented for the path you were on. And now you've been translated to, to go on another path in another direction. So now everything that God has for you is just waiting on you. It's just waiting on you. Remember, the vision is for what? Appointed time. So all you have to do is keep on walking, keep serving, keep giving, keep forgiving, keep loving, keep, keep doing the word of God. Keep doing the word of God. It's heaven's responsibility to get you to your assignment. God cannot hold me accountable for an assignment he hasn't made crystal clear to me. You can't hold me accountable for something you haven't given me clarity for. So that means it's his obligation to show you exactly where you should be, where you should be doing, and where you should be going. We get off track when we want to do our own thing. And then we want God to bless our stuff, not not what he prearranged, not what he already set beforehand. No, we want him to bless. I want you to bless my plans. I have plans. I want you, Father, to bless my plans. God said, well, you should have did that before you were saved. You was living your own life before you got connected. You connect to me. I have some thoughts I think towards you. <laughs> already have some plans for you. I have some plans to prosper you. I have some plans to give you a future and a hope. Why do you think your plan is better than mine? Man. Let me read this in the passion. Let me just read it. Let me just read it in the passion. Let me just do it in the passion. Y'all got the passion? Okay. Amen. Let me just read in the passion. You don't have to put the other one up. This is Ephesians 2 and 10 in the passion. We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. I don't have to ever <laughs> wonder whether I'm going to fulfill what God has for me or not. 
show it. I may, I may get, I may get distracted sometimes. I may go through my little ups and downs or whatever. Some of you may do the same thing, but I already know that he has a destiny that he's given us. Then it says, for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one, even before we were born, prior to physical birth, prior to physical birth. So if it's prior to physical birth, that means God knew you before you were in your mother's womb. So coming in your mother's womb is just a manifestation of a plan that God already had. You know how many people fought to get here? But you made it. You know how many people were trying to get this vision that God had for you? you I want to tell you how important you are. You know how many thousands and thousands of folk was trying to get in the earth to fulfill the, this plan? But you made it. You made it. And God said, I'm going to fulfill that plan through you. Why? Because now you're in the earth. Now you're in the earth. He said, it says, God planned it in advance. God planned in advance our destiny and the good works he would do to fulfill it. He didn't just plan our destiny. He didn't just plan it. He put other things in place to make sure it would be fulfilled. Are you hearing me? He is a master designer. He is a master architect. Do you understand the God that you serve? The builder that makes buildings without hands? I mean, he is a designer. And he said that I have a plan for you. And not only do I have a plan, I am going to design it. I am going to fulfill it. I'm going to connect you to the right people to make sure that my purposes, my purposes, glory to God, will happen in the earth. Look, even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Why do we struggle with God's will for our life? How do we struggle with God's will for our life? When all his will is, is, is designed to do is to bring you to an expected end. Why do we struggle and push against the vision that God has for us? Because in a lot of cases, we think that God don't understand our need. I don't know how we think like that, but we think that God doesn't understand the things that we need. But he perfectly understands. But he is looking at a bigger picture that if he would get you reborn, if you would get reborn, then you're going to make a difference in some other people's lives. You're not born again for yourself. You're not just born again to live your own life. You're not born again to do things your own way. He absolutely has a plan for you, right? Think about the acorn. The acorn, everything that's in the acorn is inside of it to produce the tree. It's nothing else really the acorn have to do because everything that's needed is inside of it. Everything that you need is inside of you. You're looking on the outside, but it's in the inside. It's already inside of you, but we're trying to add things to us thinking that, that we're, we're lacking something, but we're not because everything you need comes from within, not on the outside. <laughs> wow. The acorn has everything on the inside to produce the tree. The apple seed has all the necessary equipment to produce the tree or the fruit. 
if you and I came here in seed form, that means everything was needed. When a, when a child, now I'm talking about natural pregnancy, when a, a baby is inside of the mother's womb, everything that the child needs is supplied inside of the womb, which we could say is a seed. Inside of the sack, inside of the womb of the woman, the, the child is able to receive everything it needs until it comes out. And then, of course, you got to take it. But, but what is the parent doing? Eating, sleeping. <laughs> I don't know what a lot of stuff y'all do. Y'all be eating, sleeping. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Running around, complaining sometimes. <laughs> complaining sometimes. Y'all mad sometimes. But, but what I'm saying is the child is taken care of. That baby is taken care of, though. So you and I, when we came into the earth in seed form, God put everything on the inside of us to produce everything he needs to come in the earth. But it's for others so that he can make a difference. He planted you here at Kingdom Life and in this environment to bring the best out of you. He planted you here to bring the best out of you. And we're pulling it out. Every Sunday, I'm... I'm I'm not comfortable with the same old, same old. I share it now, man to man. I don't want to take this old life into this new year. Come on, come on. We have, to, we have to make a decision. Like, why do we keep tolerating the old way of living and the old things that we're doing instead of, instead of doing something and dealing with this old man? Not tolerating this, this old man. So God wants to bring the best out of you. He planted you here so he can pull the best out of you. He wants to draw the best out of you through the word of God, through teaching. He's trying to bring you to your best self. Some of us are resisting. Some of us are comfortable where we are. We can be comfortable. I, I was comfortable. Amen. But God is pulling us out of our comfort because he doesn't want us to be comfortable where we are because he has some other things prepared for us. I believe I shared this a while ago, been some years ago that, you know, why would I be comfortable about where I am when I know that there's so much more up ahead? No. But this environment provides all that's needed to grow you up. To grow you up. Look at some more scriptures. Philippians 1 and 6. Philippians 1 and 6. I just want to encourage you this morning. Look, being confident of this. They was all in the word with their psalms and stuff. Being confident of this very thing that he which begun, have begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Until the day Jesus cracked the sky, our God is going to be performing this good work on the inside of you. Trying to get you to a place where you understand there's a greater purpose than where you are. Trying to push you nudge you and prod you, using the word of God, using others to get you to a place where you're in perfect alignment with kingdom. Are you hearing me this morning? So that's Philippians 1 and 6. Romans 12 and 2, very familiar scripture. Romans 12 and 2 is very very, uh, familiar scripture. These scriptures, both of those scriptures provide a type of insight, amen, that's, I mean, it's valuable, valuable insight uh, into the will of God. So it's God's will that he said in his word that he's going to perform this work in you up until the end of time, up until Jesus Christ come back. And then he says in, in verse 2 of Romans chapter 12, says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind. Give up how you think so that you can get what he, how, how he thinks, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
A lot of times we struggle about God's perfect will, but then we want to hold on to our own mind. We want to hold on to our own mindset. So, so that's why we can't get in his will, in the perfect will, because we're not renewing our mind. We're not in the word of God. So the best we can do is get our best way. But we can't get his best way because his best way requires renewing of the mind. We have to renew our mind to the word of God and how he thinks so then God can elevate us and take us to a place that's higher than we, than we uh, are right now. He can do that. So we'll get to a place, and I shared this earlier, about just about having uh, that, that, you know, we can't depend on our eyesight. We must have insight, getting to a place where, I, where insight is more important than eyesight. Where insight is more important than eyesight. Remember Helen Keller? Helen Keller? Amen. And she was a blind young lady, but she did a lot of great things in the earth. You know, one of the things I remember, I quoted her some years ago. One of the things she said years ago is somebody asked her, it says, um, what, did, what, did, what, um, what did she say? What did they say? Let's see. They said, um, what would be worse than not having vision? Not having sight. And she said, being able to see but having no vision. Now, she can't see. She couldn't see. Amen. But somebody, some, her answer to the question, you know, where every, we have people that are seeing but still not fulfilling vision. You have eyesight, but you don't have insight. And your eyesight is not getting you to the plans God has for you because you don't have the insight. See, once you get the insight, <laughs> amen, it's like God is giving you all the plays to run. God is showing you everything needs to be done, but you don't know it because you're not reading the book. And so on your best day, you're, you're stuck with human reasoning. You're stuck with your own thoughts, your own mind. If you can't get you out, you can't get out. Because there's no higher insight that you have. Once you get in the word of God, then you can begin to trust God, speak the word of God, and the promises of God will manifest in a greater measure. Amen. But she said, hey, what is worse than being able to, or not being able to see? It is having my eyes, but having no vision. We have to get to a place where insight is more important than eyesight. Because the vision from God will take you further than your eyes can see. Insight. This is, this is a little definition of insight. It says, it's a spiritual quality that enables a person to appreciate God's mind and providence. Especially where right perception is not obvious. Let me say it again. Insight is a spiritual quality that enables a person to appreciate God's mind, the mind of God. This is how God thinks. This is God's mind. So I, I remember back in the days, I'd be at jobs, I was, people would say stuff, I'd be like, man, that's not God, that's not God. Man, how are you telling us that's not God? Because I know his word. Right. Oh, yeah, because you don't know the word, you don't know what's God. Right. I know what's God because I know the word. Not boasting, bragging, but don't tell me that, that that's not God if you don't know God. You got to know him to be able to speak for him. To represent him properly, you got to know him. Not know him from a distance, not know him like the Pharisees and Sadducees. They wore big robes and crosses. They had a form of godliness. But they denied the power, the power that changed their lives so they could know God for real. Insight is a spiritual quality that enables a person to appreciate God's mind and his will in matters of behavior, 
truth, and providence, especially, especially where right perception is not obvious. We need God's mind. We need the mind of God. We need need God's wisdom. We need God's insight. So many things are not obvious in the times that we're living in, and, and people are just falling off the cliffs because they don't have the mind of God. Wow. Let's see how I'm going to do this. I wanted to read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to skip on down to where you talk about the mind and stuff. But um, I'll just read from the beginning. Let's just say you had a Bible lesson today. <laughs> oh, I got, okay, good. Now, okay. Uh, that's King James? Oh, okay. And I, l- listen to this. This, 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 is, this is a... You want to read this again after I read it. But I didn't want to skip all the way to 15 and 16, which that's where I wanted to go to. There's so much meat up in here that I want to just help you uh, chew up real quick. I'm going to cut it up. Put it in your mouth. Amen. Okay? All right? Chew chew slowly. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I, brethren, when I came to you, this is Paul. I didn't come to you with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Be, be leery of those that, that have to have a parade behind them when they come. Be leery of those that have to have all this, all lights, camera, action, all this excitement when they come, because the word alone, the word will speak all by itself. I don't need everybody, I don't need all this theatrics. I'm calling it theatrics. Why? Because... If I need you to hear me, I don't need the sound louder than what I'm talking. See, a, a lot of people are performing theatrics, but here's Paul saying, I'm not coming like that. I'm just coming with the word. Now, it's going to separate people. It's going to separate those, the people who are emotionally driven from those who are word driven. See, I just want the word. I don't need beats. I don't need only drums. I don't need hype. I need the word. Now, if you give me the word, we're going to be okay. If you can handle the word, you're going to be all right. Amen? None against those that do that. I'm just saying. I, I just think it's uh, sometimes I'm like, can you turn that down a little bit so I can hear what the brother's saying? Got to be careful about musicians sometimes. I love them. And I know God. I know we're going to have them in the future. Amen. Amen. But, uh, but they're going to be on division. They're not going to be hirelings. They're not going to be Hollands. They're going to be partners of Kingdom Life Church. They're going to be partners of Kingdom Life Church. Because God wants to grow them up. And I believe they've been prostituted for so long that, you know, we have to deliver them and snatch them out of bondage that they don't really know they're in to get them to what God got for them. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellence, excellency of speech or of wisdom, Declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Come on, just, just come with the gospel, baby. Number three, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech, thank you. <laughs> and my speech and my preaching 
was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Now, we're not trying to entice you. We're trying to get you delivered. We're after deliverance. Yeah, we, are, we want a breakthrough in your life. We're, we're not trying to manipulate you. Paul said, I'm not trying to entice you with words of man's wisdom talking smooth, amen, and just trying to just, just stroke your ego and make you feel good. Meanwhile, all the chaos and hell that's going around. No, you need the word of God so you can stand and you need the truth of God's word. That no, it's not going to be all right. Do you see what's happening outside? Do you see what's happening in society? No, it's not going to be all right. The Bible tells us it's not going to go well. But the expectation is that we got to still walk through this, knowing that all hell could break loose at any time, knowing that the Antichrist can bust up on the scene at any time. We could be raptured out of here at any time. Man, I could do it. Okay, come on. Let's just keep going. We're going to do some stuff next week, too, man. I'm going to release some things I hadn't released. That your faith, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. How bet we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world. Remember, human wisdom, human wisdom is not going to get you far. The wisdom of this world is not going to get you far. So he said, I don't speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Let's keep reading verse 5 or verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known that they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Just right there tells us that there's a separation between the mind of God and the mind of Christ and the mind of the world. Because in all their planning, all their strategy to take down our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they failed to realize <laughs> when he was saying, I'm going to be buried and, and I'm going to come back on the third day, you know, they, they, they couldn't understand his wisdom. They couldn't understand, they didn't have the insight that he was talking about. They only saw him, and they were like, what? You're going you to tear this building? This, this building took years to build. Not talking about a building, he's talking about his body. But they couldn't catch the revelation. Look, they didn't understand the exchange. <laughs> they couldn't catch the revelation. They couldn't understand what was really going on. The Bible says, let's come back to it, it says, had they known, they would not have crucified Jesus. They would have let him die of an old age. They would never crucify them if they would have known they was going to produce us. That many of us would be walking around now and we're claiming and proclaiming the Lord. Had they known it, if they were smart enough, but they're not smart. They're not smart. Verse 8 says, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9, but as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, Man, all that sound physical. All that sound natural. Neither has it entered into the, the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. You haven't, <laughs> you haven't gotten to a place where, where, where God is, is fulfilling things in your life. It's so much more he wants to feel, especially because you love him. 
especially because of your love for God, he is going to do some things that your eyes have not even seen yet. You haven't heard it in your ears yet. You haven't got a dream or a vision about it. That's why God does exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think or even imagine. God said, no, I'm going to give you more than what you asked for. Not giving us less. God said, I'm going to give you more. You were thinking this. I'm thinking that. His mind, his thoughts are higher. His ways are higher than ours. And sometimes we're thinking too small for God. Amen? All right, come on. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Verse uh, 10. But God had revealed them. Listen to this. But God had revealed them unto us by his what? Capital S. Capital S. Revealed to us by his spirit, meaning Holy Spirit can reveal some things to us. Some things that our natural man cannot, natural mind cannot think about. Some things we cannot, that we may not have heard. The spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, because it's capital S, not our spirit. Holy Spirit can reveal certain things to us that we had not known if we trust him. It says, for the spirit search of all things, yeah, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. There's so much stuff that God wants to give you, freely given to you by God. But like I said earlier, we struggle with God's plan for us versus our plan. And so because we struggle, we end up just getting our plan and not his. And we're okay with it. And we get to heaven, God be like, man, I had all this stuff for you right here. Like, what? Yeah, well, you know, you, you you just kept doing it your way. So I, I tried. Look, I even used Pastor AJ a couple times. <laughs> what, what you didn't hear him? <laughs> you were distracted. You were thinking about what you were going to eat today. <laughs> you missed it. <laughs> Come on, let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, which things also we speak, not in the words which man wisdom. Go back to 12 again. Okay, that's what I mean. Okay. Might know the things that are freely given to us. All right. Which things also, okay, thank you. Which things also we speak not in the words which man wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, but they are foolishness unto him. The natural man receives not the things, natural man, again, we're talking about the natural man. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are what? They're foolishness to him. To, the nat- to who? The natural man. Neither can he what? So, the, so when people, like I said, they don't even know God, but they're trying to tell you about God. But how do I know you don't know God? Because you rejected the spirit of God. So you can't receive from God. You got wisdom, but your wisdom is worldly. Your wisdom is limited. When you embrace Holy Spirit, you embrace God, then he gives you a wisdom beyond your, your own imagination, a wisdom beyond you that you know, like, oh, my goodness, I didn't think that. Wow, I, oh, my goodness. So, so the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. 
because they are spiritually discerned. Verse 15 says, but he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. The spiritual man, the spiritual man judges all things, all things, yet he is judged of no man. Spiritual man judges all spiritual truth. The spiritual man judges all spiritual truth, but he himself is judged by nobody who is not spiritual. A worldly carnal man can't judge a Christian. That's why they're always off when they try to speak about biblical things. They try to judge, but they can't because their, their wisdom is so limited, they don't really see what they think they're seeing. And they don't understand what they think they understand. And so it's always limited and it's always beneath. So, so the spiritual man is judged by none who are not spiritual. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Right. So the wisdom of God is not subject to the dictates of man or human reasoning. And Paul is telling us this. And I, and I kind of pulled this segment out. Amen? Paul was telling us this, that our judgments against, the, the judgments against him were worthless because of their kingdom status. They were trying to judge him, but it just fell off of them. It was like it was so beneath them, they didn't even pay any attention to it. You wonder sometimes how people could come up under so much attack, but then they just keep walking. Because the people that are attacking them, is, is their, their judgments is worthless. It's not even something you need to engage in. It's not even worth turning around to try to get involved in what they're saying. Just, just keep walking. Just keep walking. It's not worth speaking to. And verse 16 says, for who have known the mind of the Lord? Who have known the mind of the Lord that, me, that he may instruct him? But we have what? The well, there's no vision. People perish. If you don't have, a, if you don't have the mind of Christ, it's going to be hard to accomplish the vision from God. Yeah. And the way that God gets our mind on one accord is through his word. It's through us renewing our mind. Let me, let me just, can I share one more scripture? One more scripture. One more scripture. Going. Next week, we'll pick up with uh, seven truths concerning vision. Colossians, Col listen, Colossians 3 and verse 2 says this. Colossians 3 and verse 2. Colossians 3 and verse 2. Set your mind and keep focus habitually on the things above. What? Heavenly things. Not on things on the earth which have only, what, temporal value. In this season, saints, we have to begin to, to see life and view life and view what God is doing through a heavenly perspective. Because that's the only way that we're going to be able to walk this thing out the way God wants us to. If not, we're going to be pulled in so many different directions, especially in the coming year. In this year of harvest, people are going to be rushing into the kingdom of God. People will be rushing into the kingdom of God next year. You heard it here. They're going to be rushing into the kingdom of God. Not just a harvest for you personally. <laughs> I know we think it's your harvest. Praise God. I've been waiting on my harvest. I've been waiting on my harvest. I've been waiting on my harvest. Yes. Of course, God. <laughs> of course, God is going to bless you. Of course. You know that. But it always go back to souls. You know your kingdom life. It's a harvest of souls. 
the harvest of souls. It's the greatest evangelistic out, outreach that ever will happen, will happen next year. I believe God is going to draw so many people into the kingdom of God next year. And they're going to rush into the kingdom. I think it's Matthew 11 and 12, I believe it says, where the kingdom of God suffers, or the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violence taken by force. There's some people that's going to be rushing into the kingdom. Man, they're going to they're gonna run over you to get into the kingdom. Some of us has been so comfortable and just because the truth is going to set them free. And they're coming for the truth. They're starving right now. The Bible says, and I believe we've been living in a time where, where it talks about the, it will be a famine of the word. We've been in a season of a, of a famine of the word because so many people focus on themselves. Even in Ezekiel, the Bible said, you know, pastors who fed themselves but didn't feed their people. Those people who are famished, they're going to hear the word, and they're going to rush into the kingdom of God. They're going to come running. They're going to come and surrender all at Jesus' feet. And God is going to raise them up because of their hunger. Because he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness is going to be filled. He wants more, saints. He wants more in this season. He wants more. <laughs> he wants more. If the Holy Spirit has convicted or inspired you to join or reach out to us through today's message, then email us at kingdomlifechurchva at gmail.com. If you would like to give towards this ministry or find out more, check out our website, which is kingdomlifeva.com, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kingdomlifeva. Thank you for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you can hear more messages like this.